You're listening to episode 382 of the 200 Churches Podcast. You love your congregation, you love your community, and when you love people, they don't always love you back, but for the most part, they do. <laughs> and so you have that great relationship, that's community. Yeah. I just uh, finished preaching through First John, and I think it's in chapter 3 or 4, where he talks about, um, as we love one another, uh, God is seen in that. Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast, where every Wednesday we produce a legit episode of ministry encouragement for pastors of small churches. Now, here are two guys who have been encouraging thousands of pastors all around the world, good friends, pastors, and podcast partners, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Jeff Katie. I'm here in the opulent and luxurious, Johnny, luxurious digital sound studio with my good friend and podcast partner and fellow pastor. Johnny Craig, by the skin of my teeth, a fellow pastor. (laughs) It is good to see you. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. You know, it's actually funny you you said that about pastor because I I mentioned it in this episode, but I am a a, handful of weeks away from five years in my current ministry location. And I did uh, four years, nine months with you, Jeff, at our previous street uh, ministry location. So in August, in August, I will, August 1, be 10 years, 10 years in full-time pastoral ministry. They said I couldn't do it. They said I'd wash out. They said that I was a terrible person. That last part's still true. But here I am, (laughs) here I remain, 10 years pastoral ministry. So well, the good thing about you is your, the good thing about you is your humility. That's, that is my best and most endearing quality. You're right. It's the hallmark. (laughs) It's the keystone. It's the overarching quality, your humility. I am hurt though. I am hurt though, that a pastor Suzanne is somehow able to employ you longer than a pastor Jeff. Yeah. Well, I don't, I, I I would speak to that, but I don't want to get hate mail. So we're not going to speak to all the intricacies of why <laughs> Pastor Susanna has been able to keep me longer than Pastor Jeff. But needless to say, I'm very grateful for both of you. And I will I would say this: if I hadn't been working uh, with you and then with Pastor Suzanne, I don't I don't know that I could have made it to ten. I've had really incredible and extraordinary employers and bosses and support systems, and so. Uh, if I'm if I've made it ten years and I make it sound hubristic, I apologize because really you and Suzanne have carried me across. Where there was one set of footprints in the stand, you and Su- sand, you and Suzanne were carrying me across the finish line of a decade in ministry. So thank you uh, to you guys. Those would be two very different sets of footprints. Hers are much then, right? smaller. Yes, absolutely right. <laughs> much but, smaller but Suz- footprints. But Suzanne and I, uh, we concur. Johnny, I'm excited about this episode (laughs) because this episode, this is classic 200 churches. Yeah, absolutely. If if there's an episode that that shows churches of, in fact, the average size, I heard the average size of a church in America today is a middle 70s middle 70s in terms of attendance. Okay. Whereas if you go back, I think it was 30 or 40 years ago, the average size was like 130. Mm. So the size of the churches are getting smaller. Uh, I don't know about number of churches. I know there's around 350,000 congregations of all sorts in the United States, but I, I still contend it is those churches of about 70 people 
yep. dotted across the landscape of our nation that uh, are, are ministering to people, supporting people, discipling people. They're, they provide the fabric of communities. Mm. And, and it, 5% of churches are over 500. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We, we, we know that. In fact, probably a fewer percentage than that right now because attendance in so many churches has dropped. Sure. So certainly not five out of a hundred churches are the only ones that are doing anything because <laughs> right. I, w- I wouldn't want to be the average person in America with that stat because likely I'm not around that 5% of churches right. when I have a need. Right. But, but a pastor like Pastor Brian that we talked to today who is faithful in his church of around 70 or so people yep. um, is making a difference in communities all around our country. And faithful is a great word because of the the longevity. Here I am bragging about 10 years as though I've accomplished something in life. He's put in, in two t- churches. Yeah, exactly. He's put in 20 years, 21 years in one church. And so he has done the work to embed himself in that community, to embed himself in the lives of uh, his congregants. But I would imagine far beyond that. I, I know, Jeff, when you were 12, 13 years in a community, how deeply your roots ran not just with folks in the church, right? But all over the place. Uh, and I'm sure it's the same way with Brian. So this is a guy who certainly is doing it. You say it's a classic 200 churches episode because this is a classic 200 churches pastor. He's he's in it. He's a real guy doing real work with real people and uh, and showing that you can stick with that work and find fulfillment and find really God's blessing and not numerically necessarily, but God's blessing in terms of the fruit that you're seeing uh, grow out of the lives of folks affected and impacted within your church. And I think he he talks about that in terms of people graduating, weddings, even funerals, which are a sad way to mark uh, the passage of time, but certainly another time where we get to reflect and say, wow, uh, that individual who we are now celebrating in this kind of a way has uh, made such an impact on me and this church. So really a great conversation with a guy who by all accounts, seems like uh, the real deal. You know what I mean? And, and is one of our listeners. Well, that's why I said those nice things about him. If he was just a guy, <laughs> I wouldn't have said anything nice. But the fact that he's a listener, no, 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 no. He doesn't have to be a listener. But he, he yeah. is a good, he's a, he's just an example. You know what I'm saying? An example well, of a like, real person. So, so last week we had Dan Ryland on. Dan is an executive pastor in a church of 15,000 plus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and, but, but this podcast has always been about everybody. Everybody's pretty much on the same level playing field on our podcast. And it's inspiring to hear somebody uh, who is not out there trying to seek notoriety or to, uh, or to peddle a product, but he's just, he's just in the trenches week after week. So, so his voice and voices like his, I think, need to be heard. Well, then let's shut up and let him be heard, Jeff. Yeah? Here we go. Well, we're excited to be sitting here with Brian Lowen. That's great. And uh, see, you said it the, like, the proper Germanic way, and then it threw me way off uh, to say it <laughs> just the normal way that you say it. So uh, Brian Lowen, who uh, Jeff has had the pleasure of chatting with and talking to, uh, but this is our first time ever, you know, mm-hmm. getting on a call together, Brian. So it's great to be with you. Uh, introduce yourself. Tell us about maybe your family and uh, and your ministry. 
All right. Well, you got my name already. Um, I'm a husband and a father. I have my wife, Tammy, who works in a local chiropractic clinic and uh, two boys, uh, the youngest of which is going to get married in a few weeks. And uh, my okay. oldest works here in our town of Red Lodge, Montana, where he works in a fly fishing shop as well as he is planning to do some guiding this year. And uh, yeah, I'm located in a uh, a beautiful little town at the foot of the Beartooth Mountains. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Beartooth Highway at all. Let me tell you what. I am from the Midwest. <laughs> uh, this is where I was born. This is the landscape I look out at. And I've never heard of a Beartooth nothing. So okay. let's hear about it, man. <laughs> well, the Beartooth Mountain is uh, right on the edge of the northern part of Yellowstone Park. Okay. And uh, the Beartooth Pass, the highway, starts at about 5,000. Well, Red Lodge is 5,500 feet. And then it climbs to, I think, about 10.9. And you do that in about 12 miles. So oh, it's wow. constant switchbacks. It's a big tourist track attraction, which makes our town a tourist town. In the summer, it's Yellowstone. In the winter, we have a ski hill. And, Very cool. Uh, yeah. So I've been here for 21 years now, pastoring this church. So 21 years there at the in the at the foot of the Bear Teeth Mountains, which Bear, is... Bear Tooth. <laughs> you're, you're telling me it's a real thing. It's um, a real thing. Beartooth Mountain, and how how big is your? I mean, how big is your community of residents? Forget the tourists for a minute. Yeah. How many residents? That's a great question. We don't even know anymore. Uh, when I moved <laughs> okay. here, it was about two thousand twenty two hundred people, but um, with all the the migration that has gone on after COVID, uh, we're estimating probably around twenty four hundred people now within okay. the last year um, that growth, and so and still growing. I've never seen so many moving trucks on the highway. Wow. Okay. Well, that's exciting. So yeah. 21 years in this location. Are you from Montana originally? Or are you a, no. a mountain man? No, not at all. You talk about the flats of the Midwest. I'm from the Canadian prairies. That's okay. Saskatchewan, where it doesn't get much flatter. And uh, I grew up there. Uh, we moved to the States in 95 and where I pastored a church in Wyoming for five years before coming up here. Okay. Montana. Very cool. And then this is the question that always catches people off guard, Brian. What uh -huh. what brand? What brand is your church? Uh, we're Christian Missionary Alliance. Okay. So. Okay. That explains why Jeff yeah, knows you. That connects <laughs> the dots. I and mean, Jeff is shaking his head and telling me that is not no, even how he knows no. you, Brian. Okay. No, not really. Actually, that was the connection is all it was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Brian, how, how long have you been listening to the podcast? Oh, man. Well, before COVID. So I kind of missed you there when you went on your, your little break. Um, yeah. But before that, I was real consistent. So one of the things we do in our church on Friday mornings at 7 a.m. is we have a men's breakfast. And uh, and so I was cooking at that time. And so I'd go in an hour early and put the podcast on and, and cook away and really, really enjoyed it. Wow. That's, that's a new activity, uh, Johnny, that we haven't heard. Cooking a men's breakfast and listening to the podcast. Yeah. Pancakes? Sausages? Pan what do they eat in Montana? Well, Brian, help um, me out. I do the pancakes and eggs. Uh, one of my elders, who is an avid hunter, brings in uh, some kind of wild game sausage. Uh, sometimes it's made mostly a bear, but most of the time it's probably venison or elk meat. I hate that, you know, that's exactly the stereotype I would have had. Yeah. Uh, and then it, there it is being true about yeah. what you're eating at men's breakfast in Montana. But there you have it. There you have it. <laughs> we just recently had a missions conference and we did a wild game feed there. And um, I got to try beaver for the first time. Oh. And I don't know if I would ever intentionally go kill a beaver to eat, um, but uh, it was good to at least try once. There you go. And, you go. and was it? Was it chewy? Was it tasty, greasy? What was it? Uh, it was 
it was tasty. Your wild game kind of has its own flavor and it tasted gamey, I guess. Um, yeah. he, he made it into taco meat. So it tastes like a taco. <laughs> <laughs> Once you season yeah. it, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I hear that if the, if the game is shot and killed, uh, in the act of fleeing from the hunter, uh-huh. that it's, that it, it then tastes more gamey. Yeah, it's, I think it has something to do with the adrenaline. Yes, but definitely, oh. yeah. It's um, it, once the adrenaline gets going, it'll make the game uh, meet a little more gamey. Yeah, see so. that, Johnny? That's how you like it, man. Get them, <laughs> get them about fifty yards downstream, and then then pop them. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff, the mountain man, knows all about uh, <laughs> all about gamey meat. Oh my word! So Brian, twenty-one years in mm-hmm. ministry in this church. Over that twenty-one years, what kind of turnover have you experienced in those twenty-one years? Are you are you still talking to the same you know hundred folks? Are you talking to a totally different set of people after twenty-one years? What is that like? I don't. I've never had that kind of longevity. I'm coming up on five years in my current you know job. Mm-hmm. That'll be the longest ever. I made it four years and nine months with Jeff, which is a miracle really. Um, but what, what is it like after 21 years? Yeah, you definitely see some turnover. So when, when I came to the church, um, it was in re- what we call redevelopment in the Christian Missionary Alliance. They're running about 18 on a Sunday. So my family put it over 20. Okay. And um, of that group, we had um, one couple that were original members, charter members, and uh, another couple that started coming to the church about three years into its life. And uh, today, all we have left of of that eighteen is the that couple that had come about three years into their life, and some of that has people retired, moved away. Um, some of them passed away, unfortunately. The church is different. Like we are being a tourist community, we mm. see a lot of transients um, in the sense of people moving, coming, and going. Sure. Um, and, uh, and so it's it is a different congregation almost year to year. And what was it pre-COVID, Brian? Pre-COVID, uh, it was, you know, we really gained people through COVID. Um, okay. So we were probably running 70, 75 before COVID, and now we're running about 80, 85. Uh, what, probably the big change with COVID is you don't not necessarily seeing the, the consistency mm. we had before. You could count on people at least three out of four Sundays a month. And now it might be once every eight weeks. Oh, Wow. Really, so that's, a little, that's a little harder, but um, but that's not everybody, right? That's, that's just not, like a, no, maybe like a third of them. Yeah, you, you have your core, right? And yeah. uh, my my core is is consistent, and and I can count on them, and they're the leaders in the church. How many months were you shut down in the church? Well, I'm in Montana, so three weeks. <laughs> we we missed three Sundays. Okay, and then and that would have been like in March, in March, March, yeah. April. So pretty much uh, beginning of May. Um, probably the week after Easter actually is when we've got back together again, live in a reduced setting. You know, we moved the chairs, did all that, um, and, uh, just kind of managed it. I had the, the fortune of having uh, two doctors on my elders board. Mm. Okay. So I had my own CDC, so to speak, and whatever they said is kind of how I went. So when you said I'm in Montana, mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? Brian? <laughs> well, <laughs> if Brian tells us too much of what he means, he might not be in Montana anymore. He so might not be careful, Brian. <laughs> and, and not safe to go to Wyoming either. Um, <laughs> there, there's a lot of, uh, what's the word? Hesitancy um, here, you know, and plus we're a smaller state, you know, a million people yet. We're one of the largest states in the, in the union. 
And so we, we have social distancing built into our system. And so <laughs> sure. yeah. it's, uh, we just kind of, it was, I don't know right, what are the right words on this exactly, but um, people just really weren't interested in not being together and gathering together. And so that was actually a good part. How many other churches in your community, Brian? There are um, 12, about 12 churches in our community of every, every type of denomination. Um, churches are kind of are similar to us. There's about three of us in our town. Uh, 12 churches for 24 people feels like a lot to me, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. 2,400? 2,400. Then do the math and you realize that... Um, you're, you're all 200 churches. We're all 200 churches, exactly. You don't have enough people to be anything else. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and that's when I moved here, I asked that question. You know, like, so what, what's your attendance? What are the attendance of the other churches? And what's the size of our community? Just to kind of get a feel whether or not there was, um, they needed, needed me there, right? Sure. For outreach and so forth. And it was 50%. If you went with the numbers pastors gave, so you got fisherman math, you got pastor math. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it was 50% with pastor math. So it was probably closer to 40% of the community was um, attending a church. And that's probably true, if not less today. I was going to say, are there any... Uh... Are there any uh, 500 attendance churches there? Um, the largest church is the Catholic Church, and I'm not sure what they do on a Sunday or at a Mass. Um, I would say there's probably 500 people that are Catholic in this town, but how many of them are regular, I couldn't tell you. You know, it's interesting you say that the you know Montana is the – did you say it's the largest state or one of the larger states? One of the larger states. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's – what is the do you, any, any idea what the population is? Is it about a million or is it under a million? Well, we broke a million during the last census, so we could have a second congressman. <laughs> oh, really? So oh, that's funny. congratulations. Yeah. It's not that great. I got to be honest. We have four in Iowa. It's mostly disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> if that's where you can put your hope. You're right. <laughs> you just get disappointed by more people now. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but that's but that's true. You know, when you're in a state like that that's so roomy and spacious, mm -hmm. you don't really think as much about this whole social distancing thing because right. people are used to being keeping each other at arm's length or mm -hmm. or or more apart. Not realizing that, you know, in communities and cities it can be very similar. It doesn't matter how big the state is. Uh but still there is there's a lot more room. We have a, a larger church building which was a little bit of a negative before COVID. Um, but after once going through COVID, it was like, oh, we're so glad we've got all this space. We can spread out and people don't feel cloistered together. So that worked well. So you said you're from the prairies of Saskatchewan? Yeah, of Canada. The, the Saskatchewan is pretty much the middle of the country. I'd have to look. I would yeah. have to look and see. How far from the border were you? How many kilometers? In Canada, I was probably, what I've been, about 400 kilometers from the border. Um, okay. So that's what? Uh, 200, 240 miles? 240 miles, which is, if you know the Canadian, Canadian geography at all, um, 200 miles from the U.S. border, 80% of the Canadian population exists. So I was in that right. 20%. Right. That's a, a lot of area. I don't even know how to spell Saskatchewan. Okay, here we go. Saskatchewan. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know if it was. If it was S E or S A, <laughs> I see Saskatoon. Saskatoon, that's where I was born. Okay, and just uh, forty miles north of there is where I grew up. It, it, yeah, okay. So I I see the flatness there. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, very flat. And you got a lot of water north of you too. It's a lot of you know, once you get to wow. the the tree line, um, a lot of lakes, uh, a yeah. lot of good fishing. So where did you like? How were you called into ministry? How did you prepare for ministry? What's what's that story look like? After high school, I went to Bible college for a couple of years. Then I went into business with my dad, running an automobile parts store in our town. Did that for three years and um, really started to hate my customers, which isn't good for business. Hmm. And um, <laughs> and just really felt that discontentness. And so uh, really felt God was calling me back to ministry or back to college. And, uh, and there were certain things uh, during that period of, you know, it took me nine years. I don't tell my kids this, but it took me nine years to graduate. But I had a three-year break in the middle. But mm. just certain things people said to me, um, you know, I not wanted to get up in front of people. You know, my number one strength in SDI was reserved. And the uh, they just said things like, I could really see you as a pastor. And those, you know, little nudges like that. And, and just really felt God called me. And so I went to Bible College at Canadian Bible College, which is now Ambrose. And uh, when I went, it was in Regina. So if you go south of Saskatoon there on the map, you'll see it. It has now moved to Calgary. Finished my schooling there, did a year at the seminary. Yeah, while I was there, they, they district, the Rocky Mountain District that I'm in was looking for pastors. And our DS at the time had been up in Canada for a number of years. And he found that kids from the Canadian prairies uh, were used to social distancing. <laughs> and, hmm. uh, and so uh, much more so than the kids coming out of our schools in Minneapolis or Nyack or, or Reading. And so he reached out to us. And there's about 14 of us that came into the district at that time. And I'm the the last one left. Johnny, you should pursue this conversation in the context of introverts and ministry. <laughs> yeah. Introverts and ministry. Seems like an oxymoron, doesn't it? It does. Only to us. Probably not to all the introverts <laughs> out there listening. <laughs> Only to us. Touche. Touche. Yes. Yeah. That, so that you whole... want to ask the first? Go ahead. That whole introvert extrovert thing, it drives me crazy because my wife's an extrovert. And so we'll be at a church activity and I'll be ready to come home and exhausted. And, and she's just ready to keep going. And uh, she's got all the energy in the world. Well, she doesn't even get paid for it though, does she? No, she doesn't. <laughs> yeah, she's, she says she pays her price. <laughs> this is again, a stereotype thing, right? But it's almost like I imagine that an introverted pastor makes more sense in Montana then they would make sense in, you know, Boston or something like that. Because my my internal feeling about Montana is people like, like you said, the social distancing. They like uh, that they're not around other people all the time. It seems like the kind of place that attracts introverts in some way. Is that? Do you feel like that's true? Yeah, that's probably true in some in some ways. Um, the people here are very private. Um, will open up only what they want you to know. Mm. And uh, so sometimes you need the introvert to be stepping back and, and asking the right questions at the right time. But at the same time, you know, God uses everybody where they're at with whatever gifts they have, right? Absolutely. It, have you found particular struggles? You talk about the exhaustion right after a church mm -hmm. event and things like that. Are there are there areas where you have found over and over again in ministry, man, if I was just, there's times where I think if I was a little more introverted, it would help, honestly. So are there times <laughs> where you feel that's true about being extrovert? Like if I was a little more extroverted, you know, this thing might be a little yeah. easier. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, just being extroverted would probably, I would think I would be better at, at certain things like evangelism, you know, mm -hmm. willing to um, put myself out there and not afraid of, because there's my strength right reserved, which uh, overdone can make you aloof and a little cautious. And so I think being extroverted might be a little more of a risk taker mm -hmm. um, in some ways, but 
in other ways, you know, being introverted, you sit back, you, you figure out what the right question is, and then you ask it. That's true about being introverted. Mm-hmm. Less, uh, less need to fill the silence with yibber yabber. Yeah. <laughs> well, so Johnny, why do you think that being introverted, you, you need more introversion? Why do well, you think, do you, that I, I think in situations like that, I, I think that introverts are a little more comfortable with silence in a conversation, less need to fill that space with, you know, talking. <laughs> but, but earlier you said you feel like you need more to be more introverted. You wish you were more introverted sometimes. Yeah, so that I'd be better at pastoral care is what I'm saying, Jeff, so that people oh, would tell me their problems care. and I would not uh, be so quick to start shooting off at the mouth that I could sit with them and sit with that situation maybe in a less, um, feel less need to fill, yeah, just filling the silence I think is a huge thing. But that being introverted, I can make that same mistake where mm. I I don't have the energy. I don't want to get into it. So here's a quick answer and let me get on my way type thing. Sure, and, sure. And really miss um, what's being asked. And get and get away from me. Yeah. <laughs> <Get away>. yeah. <laughs> Not quite that bad, but. <laughs> well, so, uh, Brian, what I, w- what I want to be more introver- introverted about is I feel like uh, I would focus longer and more narrowly on administrative and detail oriented tasks that I needed to get done. Is, is there, is there uh, a correlation between being introverted and not having ADD? No, I don't think so. You could have be just as much ADD and be introverted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause one of the things I do enjoy is actually getting out and, and visiting with people and, and sitting with them. And so the last place, if I'm in my office too long, yeah, um, I'll eventually find that almost as exhausting and not as productive. So so you're better one-on-one with people than one in a crowd. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Mm. Um, I'd much rather have that that time and that conversation than a big group. And, and you have uh, regularly scheduled elder meetings or board meetings? We try to be regular. <laughs> And, uh, so of course my schedule in the last month, a couple of months hasn't been so good, but we usually meet the third Tuesday. So tomorrow night we're having our, our board meeting. Okay. How many on your board? We have six elders, way more than we need according to our polity, but, um, it's good to have the, that many guys yeah. that are stepping in and praying and, and leading. And we haven't been real great at discipling and, uh, the one-on-one type thing. And so we have, out of the elders board, uh, two of us elders are getting together with one other person in the congregation on a regular basis. And so that is, so in my eyes, I'm looking at it as, okay, I got an elder. I'm going to get to build in. They're going to be building into me. I have this other person that, you know, maybe one day he'll be an elder as well, but if not, he'll still be a very valued part of our congregation and, and leading mm-hmm. in other ways. And so, so that's kind of what we're doing right now. Brian, you're in the situation that a lot of our listeners are in you're in that kind of solo pastor setting what are what are some of the biggest challenges that you feel like you face just because of the nature of your you know staffing structure where you are uh, kind of putting in those hours alone yeah I think one of the biggest issues that maybe you have to face is the um, making be able to make time for everything and as well as mm. as protecting my time you know so like today is my, my day off. And uh, by 7.30, I'd had five text messages, uh, waited till they were all in and then answered. But kind of having that time to get everything done, then, you know, everything else falls in. And so, you know, you end up doing a lot more of the administrative stuff. 
uh, we haven't been able to afford a, um, a secretary. And so I end up doing a lot of that work and uh, keeping the bookkeeper with all her information. So every week, and then all of a sudden it's, um, it's time to work on that sermon again. Right. And, uh, and you haven't really had that time to sit down with, with people. Mm. Ironically, as, a, as an introvert, that is the part I really do enjoy is is the people. Well, I think that's a misconception that we have, Brian, that just because you're introverted, you don't you're introverted, you don't like people. Right. That's that's not true at all. No, not at all. But you um you hide a bit, you know, mm-hmm. you you protect your time maybe a little bit more. And so if yeah. I if I'm in a big room with people like Saturday was graduation parties. You know, I made contact with the c- people from the congregation, a few people in the community I, I've gotten to know. Um, but for the most part, I, I just watched my wife go to work <laughs> <laughs> and, and meet people. And and, uh, and and as we move on to the next one, I have to re- make sure she's behind me <laughs> as I'm walking out the door. But uh, <laughs> oh, you, oh, you watch your wife go to work at graduation parties. Yeah, like where she, she meets people. Uh, I got gotcha. you. Just yeah, because she, she's the extrovert. But yeah, so that 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 to me is you know finding that time to to not get caught up in the administrative stuff, which I'm not real strong at personality wise, and to um, find that time to be around people and and to be in the word, you know, yeah. uh, preparing. So you've been in the trenches for 21 years, putting in time at the same church, which is mm-hmm. uh, no easy task. Sounds like based on the size of your church, it seems like you've probably been solo pastor that whole time. What what is a word of encouragement, um, you know, that somebody with your type of, I th- I just think, I imagine, you know, the other Brian out there, the, the other Brian Lowen, who's <laughs> three years into this process instead of 20 years into this process and starting to wonder, do I really want to live? We'll assume that he's at the, you know, feet of shark tooth, you know, cove <laughs> down in Florida or something, but you know, do I really want to be down here in shark tooth cove for the rest of my life? Do I really want to do this solo pastor thing? It's kind of a, hard gig. What, uh, you know, do you have a word of encouragement for somebody in that kind of situation that you have been through, you know, in your life? I I would think what I would encourage them to do is to just stick at it. There is joy in being part of uh, the fabric of a community and the fabric of people's lives that you don't get three years or five years in one church. It's like I said, Sunday, we have two grads out of our congregation. I was there when they were, they were born while I've been around. And now they're graduating and, uh, and won't see them, you know, had 17, 18 years with these kids and seeing them grow. And, Mm. and then Friday, we're going to, um, say farewell to a congregational member uh, who passed away last week. And you get to be a part of those moments in people's lives. And it's sad, but at the same time, there's, there's reward in that. And then you get to encourage them in their walk and see them grow. And that'd be my encouragement is, you know, stick to it and, if you're discouraged, listen to the 200 Churches podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, there's there's all kinds of things you could do, and uh, and if he's really discouraged, I'd definitely change places. He can be up in Bear Tooth. I'll be down in Florida. You you'll you'll go to Shark Tooth Cove, this imaginary <laughs> land of of sun and surf. Yeah, sun. And, I'll take it on the <laughs> Gulf side. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And I and I like how, what you said that. That's what you get to see, you know, when you are there for an extended period. You get to see these kids that um, used to yeah. show up, you know, and 
come to the church and strollers going off to college, yeah. which is very, very cool. I think maybe another way to put that is simply, you know, you love your congregation, you love your community. And when you love people, they don't always love you back, but for the most part, they do. <laughs> and, uh, and so you have that great relationship. That's community. Yeah. I just uh, finished preaching through First John, and I think it's in chapter three or four, where he talks about um, as we love one another, uh, God is seen in that. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you, Brian. Here's to uh, here's to twenty more years there in um, Bear Tooth, Montana, <laughs> Red Lodge, Montana, Red Lodge, Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your time and hanging out with us today, Brian. Thank you. Thank you for all you what you guys do. Appreciate it. Um, both this podcast and the the coaching one as well. It's very helpful for us guys in small churches. Thanks, Brian. We'll be in touch. All right. Thank you very much. So grateful to Brian for his time. Apologies to his church for wooing him away to Shark Tooth Bay. If Shark Tooth Bay is a real place, though, Brian has already packed his bags, it sounds like, and he's on his way down there. The coral reef there is a real thing. I mean, you get down about <laughs> 50 to 60 feet. It's about as far down as you can go. But man, the views are awesome. I feel badly for all the stereotypical ideas that I had in my mind as Brian described his life. I feel badly that most of them were uh, validated and verified, actually, (laughs) in the conversation. Montana, you sound lovely. Your people sound wonderful. You sound beautiful. I am going to buy a coonskin cap and I'll be there ASAP. So uh, it sounds like he's doing good work, though. Hey, for, for a kid who grew up in western New York where we had the, the Finger Lakes region and the rolling hills sure. in western New York, right? When, when we drove from Iowa out to Washington State and we went across Montana heading west on Interstate 90, man, to see those mountains just barely coming into view uh, in the skyline, you, you can't really tell. Are those clouds or like, what? It, well, whoa, <laughs> those, those are mountains back there. And then to approach them and then to drive into them, that that was awesome. That, and that's all in Montana. That's all in Montana. We think beautiful. I in my mind, okay, Midwesterners, we're like mountains equals Colorado. Colorado, it's the Rocky Mountains. Okay. If you're listening from Colorado, don't get mad at me. It's the Rockies. I'm not dissing your mountains. But there's mountains in Colorado, and then there's like mountains in Montana. Like I just you know, skyscraping intent blizzards that'll kill you in an instant bears roaming around ready to maul your eyeballs out you know it's more hipsters than bears in the colorado rockies you see what i'm saying there's more uh, yeah there's yeah. more hydro flask toting uh yuppies in the colorado rockies than <laughs> there are actual bears you go to montana and you're probably gonna die like that's like what's happening there so kudos to brian for uh taking care of his business there in Beartooth, Red Lodge, uh, Montana for 21 years. Super grateful for his time. And then again, just super grateful for his, um, this is such a Christian-y word. I hate it. Okay. But grateful for his testimony, for his witness. It's not sexy, right? 21 years at the foot of the Beartooth Mountains, Beartooth Mountain, whatever it is, is not like the sexiest ministry job that you can do. And there's a lot of pastors who are, quite frankly, they're looking for something sexier than that. And so to hear Brian just describe his ministry and what's been important to him about that ministry for all those years, pastors like that are, I think, hard to come by. So very cool to talk to him. 
Well, this could be the episode of the 200 Churches podcast that, that where the word sex or sexy or sexier has been used more than any other episode, Johnny. That's And I I think some guys, I think some guys would say Red Lodge, Montana, that that's pretty sexy and inviting to somebody in, you know, Hoboken, New Jersey or Hodunk, <laughs> Hodunk North Carolina. So we've upset Montana folks, Colorado folks, and now Hoboken, New Jersey. The only people we've talked good about are the people in the magical land of Shark Tooth Bay. So we're uh we're alienating people today, Jeff. We've That's got, my favorite thing. We've got thing. some listeners. We've got some listeners in New Jersey. Parsippany? Pers- I think Parsippany, New Jersey is is one of the places. Yeah. It's the Garden yeah, State, do. baby. It's the Garden State. It is. And Big Sky Country out in Montana where Pastor Brian is. Uh, Pastor Brian, thank you for sharing, as Johnny said, your testimony today as a pastor uh, and, and breaking some stereotypes, too, about this so the whole outgoing thing and yeah, and helping me to understand that it, you don't have to be you don't have to be introverted to be focused. You could be introverted and unfocused, or or extroverted and unfocused. You lost your focus. I think that's what you were saying. Now you were saying, yeah, thank you losing to, your focus, losing your focus. You were saying thank you to Brian for his time. Thank you to you, Jeff, for always uh, setting these conversations up. You much like carried me across the finish line of ministry you carry this podcast week to week and i'm super grateful for it and thank you to our listeners uh without you we wouldn't get together and record there wouldn't be any point so super grateful for you listening and we'll see you next week on the 200 churches podcast